Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. We have gotten our baseball talk out of the way before we press record, so we won't bore you with any of that. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts. It is a Tuesday. We had the opportunity to meet with Nebraska's players and assistants Mm -hmm. on Monday. That means football is back, Brian. Does it feel like it's the first week of school to you? Uh, Yeah, a little bit, except I didn't get my... uh... Sunday night trip to Target. Did you always do that before your first? Did you go to like Target? We didn't have Target in Columbus, so. um, And my mom was a teacher, so basically school supplies were purchased in June. Columbus didn't have Target. No. Columbus is a Walmart now. Doesn't have a Target now. Target won't go to Columbus because there's a Target in Grand Island. There's a Target in Norfolk. There's no reason for them to put one an hour away in Columbus. Hmm. Columbus getting the Target shaft. So you're. So when you moved to Lincoln for college, were you shocked by the target tax? No. Um, can't say that I really noticed it. Uh, I was shocked by having more than one option if I wanted to buy things. Uh, normally, you know, I would go to the store. The store would be Walmart. And that was if they had it, they had it. If they didn't, they didn't. So uh, moving to a, a sprawling metropolis such as Lincoln, uh, that was that was very different. Wow. No idea there was world without target but yeah. uh yeah i would have liked to i think it'd be funny if i brought like a five star in to uh practice the first week did you have a five star like a trapper keeper the, well the, the five notebooks. star was like yeah. the extended trip did you get to the five star later on in your schooling no it was one that zipped up and uh you could get a lot in there it was like a backpack it, it would get really freaking ridiculous is it about the size of the luggage that you take on most road trip that's like about that size isn't you gonna put it under your shoulder yeah you guys kind of always make fun of my luggage or else one time you were kind of admiring it because i had my laptop and everything yeah this one little bag and you kind of i think for economical for one moment he was he was like man this guy he seems like he's not all there sometimes But yeah, he pulled this off. No, one, no, one, no one has ever said that. I appreciate, I appreciate the fact that your luggage is the uh, is from the first Gator Bowl in, in two thousand eight. I've stayed really true to that. Yeah, Bo Dabo Sweeney clash. You, you look back on what would have been for Nebraska. Matt O'Hanlon making a great play on. I think it was C.J. Spiller or somebody on the third down play late in the game in the mm-hmm. end zone. <laughs> Memories. Matt, uh, Matt O'Hanlon had an interesting Nebraska career. A lot of big moments, a lot of <laughs> a lot of angst from Nebraska fans. The three interceptions against Landry Jones in 2009 kind of turned it around for him. Yeah, well, he of course the Vatek play was the one that yeah, which wasn't his fault. I mean, I think that <laughs> Anthony I don't know, it might have been his fault. Well, in the sense that somebody got behind him, but it was the coverage. The corner and the safety weren't on the same page as what coverage they were in. Yeah. I thought that was, it a, was a... It was a complete breakdown. I yeah. Mean, the, that was one of the... In modern Husker history, that was one of the most stunning defeats because the defense was so in control of that game. That stadium was so loud. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a pretty... That was my first away game I ever covered. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty just amazing to be down there as it's sort of all happening... Like, you're on the field level when that play goes on. And then someone ran him down. I don't know if it was O'Hanlon that ran him down. Yeah, at the two-yard line. And they, they had a chance to – they, they got a fourth him. down. They sacked him and got him back yeah. to the 12. And Sue's closing in on Tyrod Taylor, who just releases a perfect pass, just like right in front of me. 
the the Vatek guy catches it. I don't know if it was Danny Cole again uh, that time for the touchdown, and the place just exploded. Our cameraman basically got ran over as they stormed the field and took like a knee to the camera body, so he basically got a black eye from the whole thing. It was, it was quite the learning experience for a young Mike Schaefer. You could do a whole podcast on that game. That was a game where Nebraska managed to get the ball inside the 10-yard line one and time punt. and had to punt it because they worked their way back to, like, the 45. Yeah. I can't remember if I've already <laughs> told this story or not, but I was sitting next to an NFL scout who told me Nebraska's best prospect was Alex Henry. Oh, yeah. And this was obviously not the Sue. 2019 that included <laughs> Sue. And he's like, yeah, Sue's motor's just kind of... He wasn't a Vikings guy, was he? It was a Redskins. <laughs> it was a, it was a Washington Redskins scout. That, 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 that kind of computes. Yeah, it, it makes sense, but Max Olson and I just sort of looked at each other like, is this guy serious right now? And it turns out he was pretty way off. Yeah. As a Redskins. He must have been really pissed off when Henry became an Eagle, too. <laughs> got it. He got away. <laughs> he got away. <laughs> and then it kind of all worked out. All right, well, that wasn't planned banter, but we got there. We always do. Some Nebraska Vatek banter banter yeah. is good. We just everybody. make people sad before we talk about the upcoming season. Well, now we're going to overreact, right? Yeah. Well, uh, as I was saying, Nebraska had a media session after their second, third practice. Uh, that was see. Let's. They did Friday, Saturday, Monday, right? They practiced Sunday too, I believe. Oh, so fourth practice. I believe they're off today. Four in the books. So they have four in the books. And uh, what did you learn? What what did you find out? What excited you? What was interesting? What was compelling? What did you ignore? All of it, Brian. Go. Answer We're going to overreact, this. right? Yes. Quentin Newsom's going to win the Thorpe. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's going to be hard to match that yeah. overreaction. Oh. Well, I thought we were going going all the way with the overreaction, right? Ah, uh, yeah. I <laughs> Quentin mean, Newsom could win the Heisman as a, as a cornerback, like Charles Woodson. Um. No, something. but Newsom jumped out that he was one of the stories was that he's basically on the two deep, it sounds like. Yeah, working with the twos. Um, and I always kind of thought when he was being recruited, he was going to be a safety here. So it's interesting how it's worked out and where certain guys are. Uh, what's fascinating to me with the secondary is they lost five safeties from last year when you think about the three seniors and then the two guys who entered the portal. And yet... They definitely think they're deeper and better in the secondary right now than a year ago. And there's not, I mean, there's no question they think that. Um, so that's a promising young group. Uh, so that jumped out. And I think uh, Caleb Tanner did. I'll let Bruns maybe expound on that. But it sounds like Caleb Tanner is going to have to be a big deal outside backer, especially with JoJo Doman not being part of fall camp yet. Yeah, go on that a little bit. What do yeah. we know? Uh, what we know, he's not on the one ten. We know yeah, that. That's that's the official thing. Mm-hmm. They're not going to expound on that. I think there's hope, and you can kind of read between the lines with what Chenander was saying because he was asked about Doman, kind of not specifically about being injured, but just him as a player. And Chenander spoke about him like a guy who is going to be heavily involved and stuff. So I think there's this hope that his timetable for return. Uh, from a, a what we think is a tweaked injury that happened in the summer, um, is hopefully soon, and they need him because uh, Luke Gifford was a pretty darn good player that they're trying to replace, and I think Doman is kind of the 
the copycat guy you want there. But if not, if he's not around for a while, Caleb Tanner, that puts even more on him. Go back. A couple of things I can expound upon that you mentioned. So Quentin Newsom, um, Travis Fisher, very high on what he's done already, obviously, if he's working with essentially the twos. But there's you say he's working with the twos, but in the same breath, Travis Fisher says – there's a very wide gap between mm. Lamar Jackson, Boodle, and Cam Taylor and everybody else. So, um, you know, I, I think with Newsom, he was a guy that I think a lot of a lot of people saw him as a safety. I think that a lot of programs saw him as a safety. But Travis Fisher uh, will talk about how he evaluated Newsom's junior film much more than his senior film. And well, he was committed. Before, but, right, but I mean, like you know, I, I think a lot of people saw his senior film, his his later film, and said safety. But Travis Fisher saw a corner all the way, and you know the fact that he can cross train and, and that kind of thing helps. But um, you know they really like him, and he was probably the guy in that group that maybe got talked about the least. I mean, I, we kind of talked a lot about Miles Farmer being a, a potential difference maker early on. Obviously, Noah Pola Gates has the stars behind his name, but. Um, you know, I, I think they've been pretty impressed with that group at large um, and what they've done so far. Um, Let me add to that real quickly. Yes. DiCaprio Boodle basically said that he felt like those four freshmen were the most prepared, most ready to go amongst freshmen he's seen come in at the defensive back position, and he expects several of them to play and to help Nebraska this year. So, I mean, I, I think that's pretty strong words from a guy who, you know, sort of knows what it's like to have to come in and, and earn something and then – hold it and make it stand up and so i i kind of you know when dicaprio boodle says that it tells me that this secondary that nebraska's staff was pretty high on uh with what they put together with pola gates and newsom farmer and Wright, uh, that those guys they expect to be more than what you were hearing about cj smith and cameron jones etc so i I think it's it's pretty good because there's definitely some hand-wringing about the safety depth and the defensive back depth after Cameron Jones and C.J. Smith entered the portal earlier this summer. All right, sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you're you off. Fine. I think that, uh, I mean, even even Eric Chenander said, you know, those guys are going to help on special teams for sure. And then, you know, they haven't gotten into nickel dime kind of the specialty packages yet, but that's where that versatility plays so well. I mean, you can see pretty easily a guy like Noah Pola Gates being able to come in and, and, you know, help it at nickel or at dime. And, um, you know, the same for a guy like, you know, Newsom. If you can play both of those positions, I mean, you can you can get on the field pretty easily. So they were they were pleased there. The, the other guy t- you talked about, uh, Caleb Tanner, he looks different. I mean, really looks like a, a guy that, had really done the work in the weight room. He was really pretty limited in the spring with the shoulder uh, that he had cleaned up. But, you know, a, a guy that to his, at least to his admission, says it, last year was a little bit humbling, uh, understands the defense a little bit better. I think he's going to be able to to maybe handle Big Ten offensive tackles a little bit better than what he did a year ago. And like you said, I mean, it, with, with JoJo Doman kind of being questionable, we don't really know you know, when he's going to be able to go full go, um, he's going to be key. And Tyron Ferguson hasn't been able to stay healthy his his entire time in Nebraska. I didn't hear much about him yesterday. Ferguson? Yeah. No, if, really we're, if we want to overreact to something, yeah. I didn't hear his name a lot. 
Um, and, you know, nobody at that group really having done it with any kind of consistency. I mean, that, there, there's a pretty big opportunity for a guy like Caleb Tanner to come in there and, and really, you know, steal some snaps. It sounds like De- Javon DeWitt, who first off, great to see him, like, <clears throat> out there again and kind of, I think, feeling like he's a full-time coach again. Um, with Tanner, he says he can run better than anybody he's got. Uh, I think the biggest thing with him and what he learned last year is the strength aspect of playing at this level. And this is a guy who I think probably got by with his talent and athleticism alone in high school and didn't have to do as much in the weight room. And then he got injured, so that kind of probably delayed his weight room work with Zach Duvall. But I think that's starting to take off. I still think he might be kind of a year away, even though his body's developing with, like, what – like being the full package, like mm-hmm. size and speed, but he's going to have to be on the uh, on that on that fast track this year. There's no doubt. One guy that we heard quite a bit from or about and from yesterday was Colin Miller. Um, Schaefer, you were around Barrett Root, I believe, and also Miller himself, right? Yeah, uh, not Miller, but I talked to to Will Honus. Um, but Rude, Rude talked about Colin Miller, and he basically said that the thing he likes about both Honus and Miller is that they've moved or they've progressed from, okay, they understand what they're supposed to be doing, he can see the gears working in their head, and then they're doing it, to they know what they're supposed to be doing and they've already done it. And that jump to him, and as he sort of described it, the one to two, is huge because it basically allows them to be in the spot they need to be by the time they need to be there instead of knowing where they need to go. And that was a knock on Honus last year is that he was a little tentative at times, that he was always processing and wasn't reacting in the same level of speed that they needed. Miller, to a degree, partly because of the transition from outside to inside, struggled with that as well. So Rude, I think, is pretty content and pretty happy with those three guys. Obviously, Mo Berry. You're not worried about anything there. But with Miller and Honus, that's going to be quite a battle. And I think they're going to need all three of them. And if they can rotate those three to keep them pretty healthy, because it doesn't sound like he's expecting Jackson Hanna to make any sort of noise this fall camp. Uh, And the idea with Jackson Hanna basically is they're going to break it all down and start over all the way up. And what he means by that essentially is that they want to build the habits that he wants to see in his middle linebackers from day one before he worries about whether Jackson Hanna knows the scheme and knows the calls and those things. So it's footwork, it's head placement, it's hand punch, it's all of the the small little refined details. He wants Jackson Hanna to master that, and then he knows that he can handle the defense. He's not worried about, you know, all right, let's just throw the defense at this guy and watch him go play. He basically wants to build him up as a linebacker first, from a technical standpoint and then get the mental side of it, which I thought was really interesting because I I think I was expecting Jackson Hanna to be involved pretty early on. And right now I don't know if that's going to be the case. And it's not because he isn't capable of doing it. It's because Rude has a very specific way that he wants his linebackers to be able to play. And this is one of the first guys, Nick Henrich, Garrett Snodgrass, along with it, that he's actually gotten the chance to start with day one and do that. And so uh, that's certainly something I'm going to be interested in charting the progress of going forward. Jackson Hanna is a good example, and Shenander kind of got at this yesterday. During camp, especially right now, there's almost two schools going on at the same time. There's your vet 
older guys, at least second or third year and up guys in the program. And then there's those newcomers. And then some of those <clears throat> newcomers are advanced enough that after the first week or so, it feels like they move into the second school and they're like, okay, we're going to use you. Uh, but it does speak to the challenge of a coach when you think about it, like Barrett Rude. You're, you're working with one set of guys like, we got to win games right now with you and you got to understand this to, to get that done. And then there's this other side where you go back to chapter one with Jackson Han and some of the new guys. So that it's a it's a complicated deal coaches have to to balance, I think, this time of year. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And I, I mean we go through the list and you can kind of determine those guys that are just on the edge of you could see where they could help out and where they they might be headed towards a red shirt. Those are the ones that are gonna be kind of interesting to track over these couple of weeks to see how the coaches are talking about them. And then the other key component to all of this is who's able to stay healthy. I mean, Nebraska lost Miles Jones and uh, Cameron Jones and, and guys last year pretty early that they weren't able to, to kind of go through fall camp. Yeah. So it's pretty easy at that point. Okay, they go to the back burner. You don't have time to think about it. You know, you get a guy like Miles Jones that you were thinking was going to play last year, but then he's got kind of the eye issue or whatever it was. Maybe it was a shoulder early and then it was an eye. And then it's like, all right, well, we don't have to, you don't have to think about it. They need better luck this year with the new guys, you know, cause I think last year progress got slowed for a bunch of people. And even in the case of Cameron Jones, I'm not saying that he'd still be here or not, but it's tough on a guy like that when he's going to be, he thinks he's going to be a stud or at least play four games or something. And then you're just over sitting against a wall and your mind, you know, you kind of work your way a, a dis, you distance yourself from the team a little bit sometimes right. when that happens. Well, I mean, last year's, Beyond those two guys, I mean, Casey Rogers was nicked up. Tate Wildeman was was beat up. I mean, you had basically half of that class that came in last year that potentially could have Mm -hmm. been, you know, four-game guys didn't even get a chance to do that because they were so beat up. So That's got to be different this year. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because it feels like there's a lot of guys – like I I think Shave, without getting too much into it because I think we can get into it maybe next week – it does seem like there's a pretty nice split if you divide it up by guys who are going to play for guys that are kind of on the yep. fence and guys who are going to redshirt. I mean, that's quite a few in those first two categories that you could potentially see on the field. And it, it splits pretty evenly, in my opinion, as to, to kind of those three tiers. And I think that's kind of the way you'd want to draw it up if you were going into a fall camp. All right, any other thoughts we have on the team before we take a quick time out here? Uh, Wandale got a little bit of love yesterday. Wandale and uh, Diedrich Mills, yeah. I mean, I, those guys are just going to get talked about I think, constantly whenever the defense comes up. And some of that, I think, I always hesitate a little bit with this because the context matters as to how they're being discussed. When you're standing there and there's a reporter that's asked three straight questions about how so and so looked, and he's talking about an offensive player, and then the guy's talking about him, it sometimes makes it seem, you know, like, he's really, really, really good or that he's definitely taken the camp by storm, but really he's just answering what he's being asked. Yeah. And there's, I think we have an obligation sometimes to point out that there's context that needs to be surrounding those quotes. Cause in Twitter, everybody runs to Twitter and just immediately throws a quote on there. And if there's no context to it and it's, you know, Wandale this or Diedrich Mills that or Darian chase this or whatever, it 
leads a false indication of where that guy might actually be at in terms of helping the team. I like that old word unsolicited. I think that's a big deal. Like yeah. when when I, it's a general question, like who's jumping out, and then they can go. The player can pick anybody from a hundred guys, and they pick these one or two. That means more to me usually than yeah. you know answering a specific thing. I've always thought it would be hilarious, if not hilarious, but hilarious. Kind of funny as a player if if you get asked that question and you just pick out like the most random guy on the roster. That like like oh yeah that guy's really uh, you know really playing well early on yeah. and get like three or four guys in on it so you, you kind of get a little bit of consensus going about how this like <laughs> fifth string guy build it up is just playing out of his mind that would be high level third third week of fall camp I guarantee you start you start getting some buzz about whoever that guy is and then when the game shows up and he's like not even dressed out. You get and, frost in on it. And yeah. You have to get the guy in it and be like, hey, I, you're part of this joke. You got to understand. Because <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like calling, calling his mom and stuff. Like, I think I'm doing really well in camp. Everybody's talking about this. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the SIDs are confused by <laughs> this request for a player that's been on the roster but that's, hasn't dressed for practice in two weeks. That's that's a little bit of a slippery slope to go down, especially if you're a coach. But uh, what if you did it and you convinced – because you could do it. You convinced media members of a player that wasn't even on the 110. Yeah. That would be like the apex right there. And this guy's tearing it up. You got to ask the coach about him. Like, yeah, I heard this. He's like, well, he's not here. He's not even on the roster yeah. anymore. And, then you just look. and now I kind of want to see this happen at somebody else's expense. Not ours, of course, but it'd be this would be – I'd enjoy it. No, we've planted a seed now, so be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be so skeptical of everything yeah. in here. All right, we, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will discuss uh, kind of in the same vein. Who could be some guys that we're talking about in November that maybe aren't getting the same level of run here in fall camp? So we'll hit on some of that. We'll talk a little Italian basketball. Brunts is going to teach us some words for dunk and three-point shot. And Delano Banton, what they all are in Italian. I'm just going to talk in a Mario voice through the whole segment. Yes. It's a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> or that. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are back, and we are ready to talk about Nebraska basketball over in Italy. Brunts, what have they been doing in a short amount of time to lead you to believe that this is a NCAA tournament level team. Well, if you, we were coming into this podcast with the idea that we were just going to overreact to everything, and I think this is where we can really kind of take a swing at the old overreaction pinata here. 
The uh, so Nebraska played yesterday, and uh, let me make sure I get the opponent's name correct. An eighty-seven fifty-six win over Stella Azura Academy, and uh, every Nebraska player who suited up scored. Uh, Nebraska at one point scored 18 of the first 21 points of the second quarter to lead 43 to 18. So based on that start, I mean, I, I think top three in the Big Ten is that stretch. Is that a stretch? Playing it against an overmatched Italian team? Yeah, top, I mean, top three? I think top three is, is fair. Certainly you're going to get the kind of floor spacing and physicality that the Italian team brought when you play Ohio State. In January, I'm sure, I'm sure that Joe Lenardi, after seeing that score, just immediately went to his computer and reconfigured his his uh, bracketology. Yeah, Here's Nebraska's going to be playing Siena. You know what? Nebraska won. There's another team in the state that lost a game. They did down under. They apparently couldn't make the baskets in Australia. Well, they the baskets go the other way down there. Oh, yes. you think the ball the spins on the rim different? Yep, that's something. So it could be worse. They could have lost. That's true. They Nebraska will get two better games, I think, against this Lithuanian pro team that they're facing um, twice. So we'll see, uh, I guess, where they're at. Who jumped out at you? I think, uh, well, you guys were sitting there whenever I was watching, and Matej Kavas was uh, taking over with five straight points. He's kind of an intriguing guy for me for a couple of reasons. I think they're going to rely on him a lot more than I thought they were going to. The fact that he's you know basically a dead-eye three-point shooter he also hit this like turnaround hook shot in the lane that was yes. like kind of gave me like flashbacks to my dad posting me up in the driveway when I was about yeah. 10. Um, just one of those like just kind of flipped it over the shoulders type thing over some poor Italian kid. So kind of a mix between your dad and Kareem somewhere in between. Them. Yeah. He needs the big <laughs> goggles. I think to really yeah. complete the look, but he impressed me. Uh, Shamil Stevenson, I think, is going to be an intriguing Canadian player. Beef? Yes. Is that the nickname you're going with? That's the, the Connor Happer-approved nickname. Okay. Let's... And Delano Banton's Canadian Bacon. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Banton looked great, by the way. Like, he's get some weight on him. He's going to be pretty impressive after a year, I think. But Shamil Stevenson can play inside a little bit, can shoot from the outside. He was kind of leading the charge in transition at times, too. Probably the thing to take away from that game, if anything – was just the pace that Nebraska was playing with. I mean, at times it was like, you know, ball bouncing all over the place, probably too many turnovers, but uh, they, they were getting up and down the court pretty quickly in transition. They didn't shoot a lot of threes either, which I was a little surprised by. Do you think that uh, – is there any concern that like a Cuban baseball team, Kavas might just defect while he's over there since he's basically the perfect European-style player? Uh, I suppose that is a concern. He just doesn't get back on the plane. Yeah. Well, they had Nebraska, I believe. Let's see. They, you didn't have um, blank. I'm blank. A cola rope. No cola rope. You didn't have the didn't have, uh, Cam. Cam uh, Mac. Cam Mac. Mac was what I was looking for. Uh, you didn't have the French kid. Ivan Wedryogo. Thank you. <laughs> the French kid. The French kid. Ivan uh, Wedryogo. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. It's only August. You could just say Ivan. Yeah. Um, and then Derek Walker didn't play. So, I mean, that, that's four pretty big pieces you didn't have, and you still did okay. But 
I mean, I, I don't really know what else to really take out from that aside from the fact that they can push the pace a little bit. They're at the Coliseum today, I saw. Coliseum today. They, they apparently are going to Como at some point, a little trip to the Leaning Tower of Pisa. You guys ever been to Italy? I've never been. Mm-mm. You didn't sneak down when you were there uh, over there. This. Oh no, I didn't. I I'd like I'd like to I'd put Italy on my top three places. I'd like to go though. Just you know, put her around on a, on a little Vespa. Yeah. With a scarf on. The the photos <laughs> could... of Vatican City. I definitely want to get over there at some point. Okay. For so sure. That, that's that's what I took away so far. Is they've is seen you... they've seen some good stuff. You Italy to, looks uh, nice. Family vacation. Yep. Pack everybody up, go over to Italy. Yep. Get some Chef Boyardee. Some gelato. Would you take a photo if you're at the Coliseum where you, you do your thumbs up or thumbs down like in the Gladiator? You probably have to, right? Yeah. Do you think the, do you think the people that work at the Coliseum just, just like shake their heads? They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That, Tour- that's never been done. Yeah. <laughs> never seen that one before. <laughs> Roger Ebert panned the movie Gladiator because of that whole scene, which he said wasn't <laughs> oh, historically yeah. accurate. And then he didn't like the CGI of the movie. And it was probably the maddest I've ever been reading a Roger Ebert review. Because I'm a big, big gladiator, gladiator guy. my favorite movie, yeah. You I know, it. it's funny. I was on a, down a Joaquin Phoenix uh, rabbit hole the other day. I was watching his old... <laughs> that, okay, that's a rabbit yeah. hole that's scary. <laughs> I was watching his appearance on Letterman. Do you remember like when you are younger? And he, he went on there and he basically... Uh, he had a beard. And yeah, he bombed he it. He didn't communicate yeah. on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I was I, watching that. I watched that movie that he made, or the the mockumentary that he and Casey Affleck made, and it was the it was terrible. It was atrocious. Yeah. It made me so annoyed. I like swore off watching any of his movies again, and then I proceeded to go to yeah. the ones that came out. Anyway, sorry to hijack it with Joaquin Phoenix, but no, that's you that's never know where you're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Do we want to spin the wheel. Is it wheel time? I think we could. Spin. Do you have any more basketball thoughts you'd like to get off your chest? No. Do you guys have any? You guys are. You guys have some basketball hot takes. Is not yet. I mean, my take is they'll win anywhere from fifteen to seventeen games. Down the bubble there. Depending uh, on who they beat. I can't imagine they'd be on a bubble if they win seventeen games. Well, you win the right ones. Yeah. With their non-conference and zero credible wins there. You don't think they're going to beat Creighton? Is that going to be a good win if Creighton can't beat Australia? Uh, I mean, so we so we are putting a lot of stock into August, or we aren't? Which <laughs> no, is it? I mean, I don't know what Creighton's going to be in 2019. I really don't, and I don't expect Nebraska uh, to win all of their non-conference games, and they don't play a whole lot of good non-conference games. I don't think Georgia Tech's going to be a particularly strong win for them. Uh, that tournament they play in has some interesting teams but it sort of depends on they, how you do they got a break they they've got they've got they need that bracket to kind of break their way a little bit because it's there's not well, is it of, out or is it not out it yet? is it's like washington state's on their side new mexico state those are probably like the the best teams the notable in that, teams yeah. in that is it, no missouri's not in that missouri uh, was in the one they played in a couple years ago anyways no, those are my basketball thoughts are still the same as they were okay. before. Schaefer, you want to give the the wheel a spin? All right, just really, just lean into it. There it goes. Oh, pretty good. Mm. Uh, Look at it as, go. Not as good as BC's spin last week. Yeah, Wait. it's going though. He almost fell out. Where's it gonna stop? He almost fell out of his chair last week trying to give that thing a spin. Well, 
Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, also, I'm also impressed that you spun it horizontally and not vertically like everybody else spins it. My favorite part about this spin God, this thing's still going. is that I already mentioned what the topic was going to be because we had spun the wheel before the show had started, and then I got yelled at for not doing it during the show. Mm-hmm. So we already know the topic. It's still going, though. Oh, there it is. Stopped. Yeah. Oh, magically the same topic that we got before. Okay. All right. As I mentioned... And I probably shouldn't have because yeah, you pre- I, I ruined the whole You scooped the, the wheel. whole thing. <laughs> Who is a player that you could see us talking about in November that maybe isn't going to get as much run this fall camp? Do you, would you like me to start so you have yeah, more time? go ahead. I have two of them. One of them is probably going to get a fair amount of run in fall camp, so I'll just leave that one alone, and I've talked about them enough as it is. The other one, I have no idea. It's a total wild card. But I could see where, because I thought he was going to be interesting last year, and I was pretty high on him as a recruit, Miles Jones has some sort of role with this team, whether it's in a certain package, whether he gets a few touches a game. But I could see us in November discussing Miles Jones as somebody that Wisconsin would struggle to defend because they can get him in space and just let him run. And we didn't get to see enough of Miles Jones last year because of injury, but I still think that there is – and we're not talking about him this fall camp because of Ramir Johnson and Wandale Robinson and Dedrick Mills and Jamie Nance and all of the other pieces. I still think that there's a spot for Miles Jones and that this offense highlights and utilizes athleticism in such unique ways that he could emerge – and be someone that is a potential home run threat whenever he's on the field. It's a good one. I think uh, I think Austin Allen. I think he'll get lost in the weeds this camp because he's not Jack Stoll and because tight end is not like a sexy position to write or talk about. But I think he will break out and be a key part in the receiving game. And then I don't know between Will, Mike Williams and Jerron Woodyard. But I think everybody's going to push both those guys to the side, kind of, as we talk about Darian Chase and Wandale and all these guys. And I I believe at least one of those guys, I, I guess I would bet on Mike Williams because he's done more since he's been here. I'll say Mike Williams, too. So Mike Williams and Austin Hill. Is there – I guess this this person – Depends on whether or not you believe he's being talked about enough. Are we talking about Canavai Noah enough? Like it feels really. like we sh- we should be more than we he are. He was inconspicuously. I mean, it, it was one of the names that did not come up. Like, I think he's going to have a huge role. Yeah. Like you've got a guy that's proven he can do it at the Pac-12 level. Uh, I think that there's still enough question about who's going to emerge at the wide receiver spot that you maybe lean against his experience um and the fact that you know nebraska brought him in as a grad transfer and they were being pretty choosy about doing that stuff so i I've, i guess i've been surprised about he was mentioned in chicago once but mm-hmm. there hasn't been a ton of talk about him and it's like this guy has been you know not as productive as jd spielman but pretty darn close um, at times during his career. You know, it's a funny thought to me is you tonight eating dinner with your wife and turning her and being like, you know, we're not talking enough about <laughs> kind of I know just kind of build up a whole conversation at dinner about it. She would just roll her eyes probably and go back to eating. I would yeah. guess. Or feeding your daughter. Yeah. All good names. What? 
I would love to spin this question the other way. It would be really hard, and I don't know if anybody would want to go on record, but basically, like, who are we talking <laughs> about this fall camp that we won't be talking about in November? That would be interesting, but I don't know if we actually have answers yet. And as I said, I don't know if people would want to attach their names to them either. Still Basically, early. I'm calling you cowards. It's a little early for that conversation, I feel like. Give Coward! Two, maybe two weeks. Who's a bust? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jakeem Green, bust. He's not even there yet. How can we talk about him? Do you think, uh, one for the first question, do you think Casey, uh, Casey Rogers is getting some talk, but do you think... Yeah, I, d- defensively, I, I mean, we named all offensive players. Is there somebody on defense that... I could see in November, Casey Rogers is a nice, like, not your main front line guy, but you're like, oh, I like, that's going to be good. You know, I, I think he. Could, I think he could get out there, and I fully expect. I mean, the thing about him is he's already used the red shirt, so the four game thing doesn't matter. Yep. So you sprinkle him in whenever, and uh, if he has a good September, in some uh, a non maybe you have a non con game or two where you're way ahead, and he gets out there, I, he could really I think boost that into something bigger. <laughs> This isn't the intent of the question, and we don't talk about him as much because he's been here for a couple years. But, I mean, I could see Ben Stilley breaking out and being possibly the best player on defense, the best player on the defensive line, whatever accolade you want to give him. Like, that's a guy that, weirdly, I mean, he's an in-state kid, pretty local guy, and yet... I feel like all the conversation gravitates towards Darian Daniels, Darian Daniels, Darian Daniels, Damian Daniels, the Davis twins. Yeah. Uh, Is it because he doesn't have a twin? Is that why we're not talking about him enough? <laughs> he doesn't have or a brother. brother. Uh, DeAndre Thomas. But I, if you went to me and you're like, Mike, pick one guy on this team that you think has the best chance of getting to double-digit sacks, I would take Ben Stilley. I agree with that. I think he's got the best chance – of maybe anybody on the defense to be like a first team all conference guy, not necessarily this year, Ooh. but in the next know. two years. I don't know that one. That one's tougher. I could I could see it. I think he couldn't can be in a couple. It's just it's so hard for defensive linemen in this conference because you're talking about uh, the kid at Iowa. You're talking about Carter Coughlin. You're yeah. talking about Minnesota's players. Well, I don't think it's gonna happen or, this or year. Ohio State's players. If Ohio State has anybody that's yeah, they, somewhat they, decent. They're they, going to get the benefit of the they doubt. They always get that vote. So. Um, is there a Bosa? Is there the, a Bosa? The guy that I would counter that with on defense would be Deontay Williams yeah. because I'm insanely high on him. Maybe too high. But it's uh, I I think he's going to lead the team in takeaways, and I think he's going to be an incredibly good player on that secondary. Yeah. I, everything I have heard from all the way back to you know last spring – is this guy just makes plays, he's around the ball, and his teammates just like playing with him. And when he's played, he's looked really good. Yeah, he, he took advantage of every opportunity he's I had. I know that game was a blowout at Michigan, but that he, had pick. A, he had a sweet pick in yeah. the end zone. He, had, he forced two fumbles, had two interceptions, and both would have like tied for team high despite having significantly less reps on the field. That's another reason I'm not a millennial, by the way. I don't millennials don't use the word sweet anymore, do they? To describe that's sweet. I mean that's a post millennial. I don't know. I don't <laughs> have a meeting with the rest of the millennials to determine what we're gonna say for the no. upcoming week. 
Speaking of millennials, now, if you would have used the word neat, that would have been like you're out. Neato? <laughs> Who's neato? <laughs> that was a neato pick. <laughs> Who you got? Did you guys see the, the Big Ten? No, who Coach's you got? teleconference is dead, oh, by the way. We Sorry. did see that, but you're avoiding. What was what, what was the question? You, you asked the question. Oh, defense, defense, who we were going to be talking about? I think it's going to be a young guy. I think it. Give me Quentin Newsom. Or Travis Fisher doesn't uh, mess around with uh, opinions on things. I'm, I'm, I'll go. Uh, I'll go with his pick. I'll go with Quentin Newsom. That's good. I like it. Daring. You've always been pretty good at your bold takes, like for game days. And very stuff. specific bold predictions. Yeah. So yep. there you go. Is that all? Is that the wheel? I think that's the – well, that's the wheel. I think that's most of the podcast. I'll quickly throw in because it happened right after our podcast. Jakeem Green is coming to Nebraska. Grades were going up this week, and then the process was going to start where he would get admitted to the university, cleared by the NCAA, and then could enroll at Nebraska. That could happen at the end of this week or early next week. I think because of the timetable – Jakeem Green will be slow coming along with the Huskers where he could be someone that we are very much talking about in November and did not talk about much at all during fall camp because he wasn't here. We probably talked about it more than a lot of people in fall yeah. camp. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. But not when he was wearing a Nebraska helmet. Correct. I mean, if there's some sort of significant difference there. So, All right, this podcast will be back next week. You can check out everything on our website that we'll have coming up, coming out of practice. Uh, perhaps if there's some recruiting, it's pretty quiet right now. I hear some people scoffing and saying it's been quiet all cycle. Trust me, I hear you. Um, and we'll have all of that as it shows up as well. Good time to uh, to grab the deal. Brunts, what do we got going on on the website for people who want to try VIP memberships for the first time. Last day of the deal today, Tuesday, until midnight tonight. Uh, you can buy one month of VIP access to Husker 24-7. You get two months free. That gets you the start of basketball season. That gets you into conference play. That gets you what is going to be a massive recruiting weekend for the Ohio State game. Uh, it gets you a lot of that. So um, if you've been on the fence, now is the time to jump in. Um, so hop on that deal, uh, before midnight tonight, uh, to Husker 24 seven. Brian, would you like to add anything just I, for fun? I think they should jump on that deal. We want more friends. We All right. We need more friends. Couldn't have said it better. We want more friends. Be our friend. Join us on the podcast next week or the website at any time.